happy to happy to chat. Oh, there we go. Um, I don't know where we left off yesterday. Um, I feel like we kind of closed a loop when we left off yesterday. I, I should have listened to it, but I, I'm, I thought about it. I was like, I should listen to it so we can pick back up where we left off. But it's weird to listen to yourself a little bit. How do you yeah. do it? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give you a, um, a little bit of honesty. I don't. I don't listen. You to don't re-listen. No, no. Is that why you don't edit them? Um, you don't want to go back through. Yes, um, and also uh, just to just to keep on the whole thing of it being totally raw and like transparent. Yeah, and like I think I've had to edit. I've had to edit one um, simply because uh, the lady was under contract at the time for her cycling career, and might have said something that could have jeopardized it so uh I oh had yeah in half so i was like okay no problem like i'll definitely take that out and we can share that between the two of us and that doesn't need to be shared with the world you know what i mean uh, but yeah other than for that, sure. like no nah, like i i share the conversation with yourself and then it's you know people kind of share the conversation with us just audioly which is kind of strange although shout out to everyone who's been listening i i got some massive uh massive feedback yesterday it was really cool oh really i a yeah. couple i know a couple of my friends tuned in but um i didn't know how how wide it went yeah it was it was dead dead cool i had a member from the gym down here in christchurch um said he related uh really heavily to you when you said oh what part was it oh identity oh like, yeah identity like, through like losing um uh an action of like physical expression or spot yeah mm. that's that's a big I one. know and that's why like when we were we were kind of wrapping up we were talking about how like it's important to continue to have these types of conversations about mental health and and even just like I, I think it goes deeper than than even mental health and just in general be people being able to be vulnerable and talk about their feelings without being looked at as like a, a wuss or whatever um because again it comes back to the thing where like if I say it once like if I even so much as like mention that I have anxiety in one of my stories I have like 15 people being like I totally relate to that oh my god you're not alone and before before I had the opportunity to share these things with people or had the courage to talk to my friends about how I was feeling, I felt like I was alone. I felt like I was insane. I thought I was going crazy all of the time. And it was like such a scary thing to go through by myself. Um, so that's why when you asked me about this, I was like, yeah, I feel like that's the thing I want to talk about that I, I struggle to talk about. Like, like I said, like putting it into words and writing to, to actually speak about on my social media platform. But it's something mm -hmm. that I feel like I would like to share with people that are in the weightlifting world or go through the same thing because a, I never, <laughs> never hate connecting with anybody about it and mm -hmm. having a more of a conversation about it. And B, I, I hope that someone who feels alone in their struggle or their journey realizes that they're not through, through things like this. Mm. 100% like vulnerability that's uh that's a real big big thing for for me like especially growing up as a as a male right and I think the greatest metaphor for for life is is the barbell right because it doesn't care who puts their put their hands on it 
Like it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't fucking give a shit about you. It's going to weigh 20 or 15 kilos. It's the same every single day. Mm-hmm. Like it comes in or when you come in. So kind of showing vulnerability to one another. Um, it's hard. Like, and I uh-huh. think the greatest um, feat of strength, a, a again, from a dude's perspective, is a dude showing another dude some vulnerability. Yeah. And even like, <clears throat> even like, and this is personal to me, but every single female who's dating a man will say the same. Like m- my relationship with my boyfriend, even like he, like he's injured right now and I'm watching him go through this and he's like, he doesn't struggle with depression or anxiety. He has a very normal brain, which I envy and wish all the time I had that, <laughs> but he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's like a sensitive person. He's great with me. Like he's been like my rock a thousand times. We've been best friends for like six or seven years. And we started dating a little over a year ago and like it, but anyways, he, he, I'm watching him struggle with this injury and it's, it's hard to watch because, but watching him kind of process it, like he doesn't want to stop, but it's like, I keep having to go back and be like, it's time to stop. It's time to stop. And then finally we got, I got to a point where I was like, you can't keep doing this anymore. Like you have to stop and let yourself heal. And I know that it's difficult and it like part of why he doesn't want to stop is because he's admitting that he's like not capable of doing it. And that's like an emotional thing. And, and he is getting super emotional because he's not able to perform. And he's like going through this like roller coaster of like feelings about the fact that he can't he can't really squat even like in school. He's more, he's more into powerlifting now. He does a lot more powerlifting, but he was doing a, a, an Olympic weightlifting cycle with me. Um, we, he just wanted to compete at the same time and he's gone in and out of that his entire weightlifting career. So when he switched over, he's like, I literally just signed up to do this and now I can't even go, go below parallel. So it's like really frustrating. And it, it is interesting because if that were a female, they, I, that would be a person like, having like having their emotions out there, like crying about it in the gym, like openly Mm. talking about it with their friends, but he's like barely able to talk to me about it. And he's not even like a guy that doesn't recognize feelings. He's just a guy. So he's not supposed to. And that's like such a hard thing to watch. Yeah, totally. Like, um, I think it's because we're, we're hardwired to deal with our emotions physically. So like non-verbal, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and anyone that gets into the gym, um, whether it's, you know, to pick up girls at the start whenever they fucking picked up a dumbbell or yeah. whether it's to deal <laughs> with whatever off the spot, right? Like it's usually yeah. because they've got some sort of feeling and emotion inside of them that wants that that outcome and they train right. to, to deal with that feeling, right? They might not know it at the time, but they'll, th- they'll think back and be like, holy shit, yeah, I trained because I was feeling anxious or a little bit down or like not got a lot of confidence or anything like that. So we're kind of hardwired to, to deal with it physically. And yeah, like I completely relate to your fella in the sense of if you can't do that, then what else have you got left? Yeah. And it goes back to that thing where like, it's so much a part of our purpose and our identity that any, especially him, like he was, 
he was a regionals athlete years ago, a CrossFit regionals athlete years ago, and was like super, super into CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And he, even after he kind of like stopped chasing any sort of CrossFit dream, he still very heavily ties his identity back to strength sports and like is yeah. always doing some sort of powerlifting or bodybuilding program. And like, like I said, we built a gym in the middle of the pandemic in the garage. Like so many people were like, Oh yeah. And then the gym's closed and I lost my way. And I was like, I literally can't relate less. Like mm-hmm. I would spend my last dime trying to make sure that I had a place to work out. So I can't relate, but, but so it is, it is hard. And like, I can't imagine from the perspective of like, like it's hard enough for me to talk about anything that I'm going through with my mental health or my issues like that. And if you're a guy who's dealing with those things, it's like, I, especially here in the U S it's just not as accepted to be able to talk about it. And it's not Mm. fair. Mm. Yeah. I think it's the same across all Western countries, if I'm honest. I'm sure. Um, Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I think, I think it's the same. Everything I hear is very similar. Everyone I speak to personally, like everything they're saying, it's kind of um, blanket across the board. And it, it, it's a hard one to be able to tackle, right? It's where mm-hmm. do you start? Where do you draw the line? Do you go male, female? Do you go male, male, female, female? Like it's, I don't know. I really don't know. But um, I think everything starts with open communication. Mm-hmm. Being like, like we yeah. said yesterday, right? Hey, I'm not doing too well at the moment. And if you feel personally, if you feel more comfortable doing that to a guy friend, then go do it to a guy friend. Or if you feel it more comfortable to go do it to a lady friend, then go do it to a fucking lady. Like it's whoever just confide in someone else. I'm like, Hey, things are a little bit rough at the moment. Cool. That's first barrier done. Right. Let's, let's get onto the second one. Right. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like for you guys to get like help with like from professionals and stuff, but that's always like one of the first things I say to someone who's struggling is like, I mean, I've gone in and out of therapy for like years of my life. My, since I was like 16, I've been going to therapy on and off. And it's, it's, I I always say like, well, a, I was a psychology major, so I never looked at it as I think everybody should like, I think every single person should, especially if you're like an adult who has a job, like you have to deal with real life stressors. Like you, you should go to therapy. Like you shouldn't always be leaning on your friends. Even if, even if you feel like you have great friends that you want to lean on, there's just some things that like you should, you should teach yourself to work through within yourself and like, look to yourself with confidence as the person that you can confide in when you're low as well. And that's something that I've learned from therapy, but the thing that's hard to sit here and be like, you should really go see a therapist. It would really help you a lot is a, there's like a connotation that it's not like you go to a therapist if there's something Mm -hmm. wrong with you and B I, so I right. So before I told you before my last weightlifting meet, the one I bombed out at, I like knew I wasn't okay. Like I knew that I needed to try to see a therapist. So I started kind of doing my research and I wanted to try to get a good one. Um, and I hadn't seen a therapist since like probably like August or September of the year prior of 2020. And I, you know, I started thinking about it. And then right after that weightlifting meet, I had like an absolute panic attack, like mental breakdown, couldn't handle it. And I was like, this is not okay. I can't live my life at this level where I'm waiting for myself to like 
get to the point where I can't even breathe because like one inconvenience happens. So I called my doctor and I explained what was going on with me and they like referred me to my therapist and that was in July and I don't have an appointment until like November. Whereas if I were physically sick, if I were physically sick, they would get me in right away. So it's difficult because it's not taken the same exact way as, which is crazy to me because I'm literally sitting here telling you I'm having a mental breakdown. Like that's Mm. not okay. Like for a lot of people that could mean potentially suicide or something like that. And I'm, I am lucky enough to have support and that I have like a good group of people around me. And I'm, I'm lucky enough that I've, I've talked to them about it a lot and they all know that this is what I'm going through, but so I can wait till November, but like, what if I couldn't? And it's just crazy because I want to be like, go get professional help, but there's, it's very hard to get professional help in a timely manner. And once you get to it, it's not always exactly what you thought it would be, you know? Mm. Mm. Like that's, that's really important. I find that really crazy. Like that sparked a couple of memories. Like I've, I've reached out to get professional help a couple of times. Right. And every time I've either been met with like a blanket response of, Oh, it's going to cost you this amount. I'm like, cool. Like you didn't even fucking, even acknowledge my name and you just kind of threw numbers at me. I was like, brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. I won't be seeing you. Um, but I remember like maybe, maybe a year ago, maybe just under, like I reached out for two different places here in the, in the city and I never got a response. That's so crazy to me. Like someone's literally telling you that they're struggling with something that could kill them and you don't answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, like it's- here, Here's here's rough, like here's really rough in the sense of they have the highest rate of uh, teen suicide in, in the Western world, which to me like just makes me wanna just makes me wanna cry all day. Like that's and fucking fires me up at the same time because I'm like, no, no more right. people gonna it's gonna swing themselves. Like this is this is not on. But um I was working in a school um as their like SNC coach, right? And I was I was conversing with one of the teachers and they turn around because I'm obviously right about this stuff too and, and create all that type of stuff so I was like oh what what's your like mental health procedure what what happens if the kids turn around and talk to you about this stuff she was like oh yeah like legally we're supposed to change the subject I was like what do you mean I was like yeah no by law we have to like not acknowledge any suicide self-harm or anything like that we have to change the subject. And if they're adamant, they want to they want to continue on down that path of the conversation, we have to push them to the local council, i.e. like, um, what would it be? Like the province. And then that's it. Yeah. That's the only, that's the only information we can kind of know and we can't bring it up again. And I literally just looked at her and I was like, listen, I, I respect you're bound by, by some laws and some rules because you're an employee, but I'm a subcontractor. I am not bound by those rules. I am not uh, obeying by those rules. Like if a kid turns around and and gives me the respect and honesty of like, hey, I'm I'm not doing too well, I'm not going to push him away. That's insane that that's the way that they handle it. I can see being like you need a third party in the room just yeah, because that's fine. You can't you like you li- you can't do anything with kids now, but yeah, like 
wow, that blows my mind that that's the way that that would be handled. Honestly, I don't know what the, I don't know what the rules are like here for teenagers, but I have, I can't imagine it's like that. They would definitely get the counselor involved. And I think people are definitely, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. I think people are a little bit more open here about it. I think it's, it's becoming a bigger conversation, thankfully. Like I was on a call yesterday and I've, I've just been just been invited to a, a wellness week, uh, like a big private hospital here in like throughout the country. Right. And one's mm-hmm. based in this city and they invited me to, to come talk to some employees and whatnot. And they were like, oh, what do you want to talk about? It's like, well, I can talk about anything. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, whatever, whatever you want. So I kind of dish out a couple of topics and whatnot. And it kind of got to the point where it was just like, oh. Um, well, we don't really want it to be, you know, like too much of a downer. So can you just come in and just be like, um, you know, things are tough. Uh, we're all in this together. Keep going. Um, keep everything positive. Well done. And keep going. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I uh... ain't no cheerleader, pal. Like, um, I, so I, obviously I can read between the lines. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. I can do that. No problem. And I'll go in. I'll be like, "Listen, motherfuckers! Like, this ain't this ain't gonna fly. I'm not gonna. I'm not here to stroke your balls and be a cheerleader. Like, this is this yeah. is the way it is. But it's just the the mentality of it. And I'm like, especially kids, right? It's, if kids are willing, yeah, especially to kids. life, it's a fucking problem. Yeah, and the thing about it is too is when you're a kid, you don't understand what it is. Because I remember getting super frustrated with things. Like I would get super, super frustrated because I didn't understand what was happening in my head. And I was like, why do I feel like this? And, and to be honest, I don't think I got really depressed as a kid. I think, so I'm not, I'm not technically diagnosed with, but I've had multiple therapists tell Mm. me that they think I have ADD and that's what causes my anxiety, which is what causes my depression, which is a super common thing. Mm-hmm. And it's because, so even my teachers as a kid, apparently told my parents that they thought that I had ADD and my wow. parents were like, oh, well, they're just going to put her on medicine. That's not going to, that's going to change her personality. So we don't want to do it. But in my opinion, I, what I wish they did. And, you know, everybody can go back and tell their parents what they think that they did wrong. Like yeah. Yeah. I'm alive and I can stand on my own two feet. So my parents did great, but, <laughs> but in my opinion, what I wish they did and what I, what I hope that parents in our generation learn from like so many kids going untreated with mental health issues and learning disabilities and things like that is I wish that they, if you didn't want to put me on medicine, I get it. I would, I'm glad that they didn't, but I wish they gave me the tools to be able to like manage my, my learning disability because I just felt stupid my whole life. And then I would get anxious about it. And then I, and then that turned into like frustration and like self-hate as I got older. So I think that's like a big, a big thing is being able to like recognize when your kids have something wrong and, and maybe not throwing that at them and labeling them with it. But like, if you think your kid is dealing with something, like give them the tools to, to survive, give them the tools to, to like outlet and figure it out and stuff like that like I just I feel like that wasn't provided to like so many 80s and 90s kids growing up it was just kind of like all right rub some dirt on it figure it out (laughs) like 
and now we're all riddled with anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we're all fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, we all know the definition of insanity. Like, uh, you know, Einstein's a pretty popular dude. Like we, we all know yeah. who he is. We all know what insanity means. Yeah, we still fucking do it and be like, yeah, this is definitely the the right thing to do. You're like, okay. Like, is it working? Ah, not really. It's like, cool. So we probably need to change some things, right? No, no, no. Stay true. It's going to work out. <laughs> well, this is what my parents did. I'm like, well, yeah. how did that work out for you, dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How are you? Uh, pretty fucked. <laughs> yeah. There you go. But I think even their generation is either against talking about it or acknowledging it at all, or they're just coming to the realization that they have these issues because because now I look at both my parents and my dad is on his own journey with mental health and I'm really proud of him for like taking these steps but my dad did not face the fact that he has mental health issues until after him and my mom went through through a divorce and my mom still won't admit it and I have to say my mom's life like my mom had the craziest life like growing up as a kid she had I, we don't have to go down that rabbit hole, but she had an absolutely insane life. Like my mom is a warrior, the things that she has been through. And it makes me sad because I'm like, you, you reached this point that you should, you should feed yourself by giving yourself the help that you deserve and acknowledging that you had a hard life and that you might need more help. And she just refuses it. She acts like it's not real. Like she doesn't have any sort of trauma responses that deserve help professionally and it's really frustrating because that's what that generation is you know what I mean yeah yeah that's rough like but I think I think we've got a really big responsibility but to like walk the walk essentially Mm -hmm. like something that something that really blew my mind and to be honest the penny only dropped after the fact is like I made this book right and it went out um and my dad ended up ordering one and he didn't even know I fucking wrote anything. Um, yeah. He, he ended up ordering one. And it, first of all, the first first thing he said was, do I have to pay for it? It's like, okay, that's typical, like Northern, Northern dad. Okay, I appreciate that, pal. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm on the other side of the world. So it might take a while if I send it. All right. So it's probably going to get to you quicker if you just fucking order it. And I'll have to pay for it and to I'll send it to you. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First of all, I have to buy my own frigging book and then I'll have to send it to you. Um, <laughs> but um, no, nah, he, he read it right and turns around and be like, like, how are you doing? I'm like, ah, oh, well, you know, you've asked me how I'm doing, so I'm going to meet you with some honesty. Like, nah, it's pretty rough sometimes. And then he like asked some questions in the sense of, ah, oh, do you think it was because I wasn't around a lot? And I'm like, holy shit. Like, it's taken a long time to get here. But now because i've just turned around and been like well you know what like i'm not going to go down that route i'm going to go do my my own route and i'll just try and help people along the way right and because Mm -hmm. i'm just actively doing that he's now come back to me and been like wow apologize i'm sorry let's kind of like talk about this a bit more like and he was always Mm -hmm. like the the sense of you know stiff upper lip nothing's ever wrong um yeah wickedly on like some antidepressants for a long long time which just completely did not work well for his personality just sent him a bit loopy yeah and that's I think that's the sad thing because in 
And I think also, and I'm not against antidepressants or taking medicine. I just, I think that there are other things that you need to also supplement or, and, or try first, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know what I mean? And like, I'm at kind of a point with my, with my journey that even like, I'm going, like I said, I'm going back to therapy in November, but I already made up an appointment with the psychiatrist to do some testing. So I can potentially start taking some medication because I'm at a point now where I'm like, I've been going to therapy for like half my life and my issues are feeling like they're getting progressively worse. And, Mm -hmm. and that's what happens when you grow up and stuff. So I'm not, I'm by no means against taking medication if you have some sort of mental health issue, but I am, I do think there's so much to be said about healing the root of all these issues. And, and like every single person can trace it back even. And and that's the thing people, people are like, I didn't have a bad life. Like I did not have a bad life. I grew up, you know, middle-class. I had everything I needed all the time. I barely wanted for anything. I had two parents that loved me. I got to play sports all the time. But there, like, regardless of that, there are things that, like, I I was missing or I went through that I didn't that just hindered my development emotionally or mentally. That I would like to heal those things, and I think that I think that everybody should go back and do that. Whether you, you know, grew up in a very traumatic way or you didn't, and you just have something off with you that that's there's nothing wrong with it, but. I think it's fair to say like you, you should go back and untangle and find out why you are the way you are so that you can understand yourself better. So you can be the person that heals yourself at the end, you know? Mm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it might sound a little bit hippy dippy, but this is what it is. We're all on a journey, right? And that's what your life is. Mm -hmm. It's a a journey, whether you think there was something before and there's something after, whether you think this is the start and end, it doesn't matter. We're still on a fucking journey and it's like learning through. And I think that's really important. The last thing you said is like, you're going to end up healing yourself from the decisions that you make. Don't turn around and, and, um, expect someone else to come in and wave their magic wand and be like, okay, you're now absolutely fine. It's like, no, no, no you've yeah. got to take the initiative and you've got to do this thing. And that I think, well, especially for me, that's dropped the penny. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. I mean, it's hard if it's expensive, so it's hard, but, mm. but I, I, yeah, I think too, like, me going through my journey of like understanding and, and honestly, a lot of me dealing with my own mental health issues, it's not all a hundred percent tied to therapy. It's, it's a lot of it is like rooted in the fact that I weight lift and I do a lot of yoga and I meditate and I, and I, I do the, the weird thing of listening to self-help books sometimes and starting to try to pick away at the things about myself. But I reflect, I think about what I'm actually feeling and what I'm going through and why I feel certain ways about things. And I try to, when I have like an angry response or an upset response to something that isn't that big of a deal, I don't just let it, let myself feel that. I think about why is it that I'm feeling that way? Mm-hmm. And, and it helps me understand, you know, where some of these things are coming from so that I can grow because because I, I don't know, I kind of used to just like walk around with a chip on my shoulder. I was angry all of the time. And, and yep. I, I just realized that wasn't like the way that I should be living my life. And me looking inward at myself has helped me a lot under in understanding other people and what drives them and what motivates them and why they make decisions. So when I disagree with someone, like, 
like right now our country is so divided it's insane like there's the left and there's the right and then there's these people in the middle like me that I'm just like I think you're both wrong and I think you're both right and and I think it's so if you disagree with someone even a little bit you become enemy number one and it's really difficult to like live this way because I think if you just looked at someone like for example, me and my boyfriend, if you look, if you look at the two of us, we grew up very differently and, and he's a guy. So he has this lens that I'll never have. So a lot of the ways that he thinks politically or morally are different than the way that I think politically and morally, but I'm not mad that he thinks that way. And I'm not mad that he doesn't share my opinion. I very much recognize it's because you grew up this very specific way that I'll never experience. You know what I mean? And I think that I think that if people could like look in at themselves and understand why they're driven to think the way that they think and heal themselves in their own wounds, then they would look at other people and be like, maybe not be best friends and be like hugging and whatever, but at least have a little bit more understanding and why they come from what they come from and not be so hateful to people that think differently. Like the, the one true journey is the journey of self-reflection, right? And being able to figure out mm-hmm. who the fuck you are. And I think that's the hardest thing. And it changes day to day and every day, right? Like um, I, it's in the, I'm writing a new one, right? Another book. And I, it's right at the nice. end. Thank you. Um, and it's, it goes along, if I remember correctly, which I probably won't, but, and I'll probably butcher it, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it goes uh, It goes along the lines of like, uh, every night I kill myself because every day I wake up a new man. Yeah. And it's like kind of coming to the terms with, well, because of yesterday's lessons, it's going to change the way I am today. So I have to okay. look who I am today. It's kind of like every day you you wake up, you look yourself in the mirror and you you are a different person. Physically, you might look very much the same, but you are actually very much a different person. You're learning that person every day right and if you kind of attack the day that way you can understand other people so much better so much yeah for sure I love that I love that thank you um it's kind of it's kind of funny because I that just fucking came to me whenever I was in the deep dark pit sat on a rock watching the sea but um yeah I was I was pointed out to me that it is it kind of links with an old like Japanese samurai uh, kind of mythology and I was like wow yeah I didn't know that that's super cool yeah mate it is it will forever blow my mind how people can relate to struggles who are so different yeah yeah and and it's the, it, you know it's the we kind of talked a little bit about it yesterday you're constantly looking for things like your brain is naturally looking for patterns and things that make you similar because you don't want to be alone. Like, even if you're one of those people that are like, I'm introverted, I don't fuck with anybody. Like you, you do. Are you trying to <laughs> do an nature, impression of me? No. <laughs> is that how you are? Actually, I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> those people that hate people, I can't relate more. I can't nah, relate nah. at all. It's, I don't hate people. Uh, I it's weird. I'm such like, a people person. I'm an introverted people person. That's like that's a big thing that people talk about. There's a book called Quiet. 
and it's um it's about it's about introverts and I read it because I am I cannot even wrap my head around that at all and I just like like I said I was a psychology major and I love understanding people so I wanted to know what the other side was like and it mm. you should read it it's well you live it so I guess you maybe don't need to read it but it's a good book for anybody who's in like relationships or friendships with people who are introverted because if you're an extrovert you just don't understand and and even like so I get a lot of energy from being around certain people Mm -hmm. and then and I do understand the thing of feeling drained from certain people because there are there are situations where like I don't know I think I'm a little bit of an empath in a sense that like if you're like if the room is really exciting and stuff, I can, it just, I just get a different energy from different people. So there are certain people that like, I truly like, I have great friends of mine that I know that I have like a time limit with because yeah. I, I yeah. get so drained from their energy that I just can't be around them for that long. Or there's certain like situations that I can be with them in. And so I understand the introverted thought process of like, like being around people drains my energy but like, I don't, I, I don't understand how people are so introverted and just want to be alone. I'm like, I always want to be with someone or always want to be talking to someone. It's so funny. I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's strange. And I love, I love hearing the other side. I love hearing your side. You know what I mean? The, the extroverts, the people like gain so much from just kind of being super social. And I understand that to an extent yeah. because there's some people I gain so much energy from. Uh, when I'm around and that's like completely against my nature and I think it's uh, a combination between the two right nature and nurture like kind of I, I would you know I think back a lot to to try and understand some things and a lot of the time I'm I kind of misunderstood in the sense of mm-hmm. like I'll do some certain things and like oh like he's super like fucking arrogant or whatever I'm like well do you do you know where that comes from like yeah because you're just like a dickhead I'm like great okay so you don't I was like yeah, I'm not from the nicest part and it was just me and my mom and it was like well you gotta toughen up because my mom had a pretty abusive boyfriend so you're like that that's where it comes from pal like it's not like yeah. I want to be Mr. Hotshot it's like no right like, this is kind of nurtured into me but also like I listened to something the other day and fucking out it blew my mind it's from Simon Sinek right and it was like the difference between introverts and extroverts. And it was like extroverts wake up with no coins and through social interaction, they gain a coin. Right. And then when they go to bed yeah. at night, it gets the slight, uh, the slate gets wiped. E- introverts wake up with five gold coins and through social interaction, they lose a coin. So then when they're on their own, they're like then empty and they, they need to like recharge. And I fucking listened to that. I was like, holy shit. Because if I'm in the gym all day, like I was in the gym yesterday, right? It's yesterday was a crazy day. So we won't because go into the it. flood. <laughs> oh, was it- I was in there for 20 minutes and it was like the roof's leaking. I was like, brilliant. Here we go. No. <laughs> Let's start the day right. Oh. Um, it's fine. It was literally like a one-day storm. Everything's fucking fine now. Water's gone, but it was just absolutely bucketed down. The wind was going mental, so it's fine. It's fine. We're, like, figuring it out. 
we've seen that meme where they're like cycling on a bike and it's just like everything's fine or like the one with the dog and the whole room's burning yeah yeah. <laughs> except in your situation the whole room's flooding yeah everything's fine don't worry about it i've got this under control we're good um, yeah but uh yeah like if i'm in the gym all the time and i've got to interact with people and you've got to like play that role right you've got to play that game sometimes like you've got to be the the friendly guy and i'm a friendly guy but i'm not extroverted i'm not the the guy that will easily just pull himself out of his shell i'm quite a shy individual naturally um it's yeah fuck me i get drained like i start my vision starts going i'm like absolutely spent well and i can see that too because even for an extrovert jobs that you pour into people the way that you pour into people as a coach are really difficult like you're that you're just constantly giving someone your energy and it's like and it's something you're passionate about so you're also doing it from like a much deeper place than just Mm -hmm. being like you do step a and then step b it's like you're you're trying to impart something on someone so that they can be better at the thing that you love right so Mm -hmm that I can see that being really hard, especially for an introvert. And like, I feel like that's why a lot of, a lot of coaches struggle to like, or a lot of high level athletes won't necessarily be like high level coaches while they're, while they're training because they want to continue to focus on their career. And even my coach, I feel bad. He was going to do the meet that I, that I recently bombed out of. And then we were all like, oh yeah, we're going to do that one too. And he's like, well, I'm not going to do it. And we were like, why just do it with us? And he's like, that is so much energy for me to be coaching you guys all day. And then go, go lift. Like it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh damn, like that sucks. But that's why when people are like, why don't you coach? And I'm like, because I'm still training. So Mm -hmm. that feels like too much to manage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's like a full-time thing. I don't know how people do like both it's fucking it's insane like i i say i say i've got room for three um i've got room for two things well uh, you got room for like three things right you can like feed three heads of the dragon and like work and training is two of them you right. know what i mean and like i always find that if i'm coaching a lot and then training a lot like i can't manage a social life in the sense of I'm, I'm introverted anyway. I don't fucking, I don't really do much in, in terms of like a social life. It's not like I'm out every weekend yeah. getting on the piss, but it's like, no, like I'm literally so fucking tired. I'm really hard to like converse with. And um, I, I did it for a while. I did it for a while. Like I, I, I trained in CrossFit and competed in that. And, you know, you kind of, you go super fucking hard and you're always training or coaching or studying or whatever. And I, I can't do it anymore, man. Like if I'm yeah. going, if I'm going hard training, like I have to reduce my my coaching hours. If I'm going hard coaching, like my trains, my trains whenever. So is your full time thing working at the gym? Like, what is your like main source of income? That's a good question. Like, so I do depends on the day. <laughs> Friday nights is where it's at. No, no, no. Um, <laughs> so uh yeah i do i do loads of things so obviously with with the book 
right so that's kind of yep. like i i do all the marketing for that as well like that's been a journey to to learn that um mm-hmm. so and paid paid talks which is kind of cool you know just going to that's really cool yeah it's uh never never something i ever thought about doing um but i made this book and they some people ask about the story behind it and stuff so it's like oh well yeah i'm on the other side of the world and i you know on two separate occasions i've not had a place to to live and i've lived in some pretty weird and wonderful places and sheds and cars and gym floors and all that type of stuff and i kind of made it work and i'm here today and they're like what the fuck and i'm like ah well you know that's just kind of my life my story and and that's that's the way it is and i didn't really want to want to let that break me and they they want to hear me talk which is kind of cool um yeah i do the i do the gig at the at the gym so the um, just recently taken on a, a role of of head coach at a gym here in Christchurch, which is really cool um nice grateful for that for that role um which is a lot of like computer work if i'm completely honest a lot of work like admin the, stuff yeah a lot of work behind the scenes yep. Um, and then helping helping the coaches develop and upscale. So it's like coaching coaches, which is an, another um, difficulty. But I love it. I think it's so cool. Um, and then you know, I got my own PT PT clients that want to invest in in me individually, and a little bit of uh, physical therapy clients too. So different type of PT. So I do a lot. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I feel like everybody in the fitness industry or in like the strength and conditioning world or weightlifting world, like you kind of, that's how you live is like just multiple streams of things that you're doing because it's, it's hard to, to, to do just one of those things. And also because like, what are you going to be like, just do personal training you that can only fill so much time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was really weird. So, like, well, that's really cool. If you look at it, um, like from a business perspective, you're like, oh yeah, multiple streams of revenue. That's like clever to fill the bucket up with more more water, right? And I'm like, right. yeah, yeah. Like now I look at it that way, right? Now I look at it from from the business heart, and I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's that's really fortunate that I was able to to develop in that way. But the reason why I did multiple things and did all these different fucking upskilling and and learning all these different traits was simply because it gave me more opportunity to make money because I was broke as fuck. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you have to, and that's the other thing. Like you have to, you have to make it work. You have yeah, to man. do it. So it's uh, it's super, super, super humbling to be able to be in this position right now, because I used to, I used to clean uh, a theater. I used to take out all the theater, clean the whole thing, put it back in, set it up for events. Um, and I used to do that like at silly o'clock in the morning before I used to go coach at the, at the gym. And there was a time yeah. where like, uh, it was a difficult situation, right? I was ended up paying a couple of different rents simply because I was supporting someone at the time. Uh, we don't have to go into that, but you know, shit, it's the fan. And I was a broke boy anyway. So it's like, well, how the fuck am I going to afford that? So I had to work right. literally four jobs, which was kind of crazy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's humbling being in, in this position. Cause I'm like, cool. Now I get to steer the ship and help people come up the way I did, but in the same sense, not the way I did. So you don't have to go fucking 
scrub toilets and clean carpets to to be able to make a living in the fitness industry and i i honestly step if i think back to it like i don't know why i'm still here in this industry i should have quit a long time ago but i'm still here you know i respect that a lot though because like i'm and i'm super grateful for the the position i'm in and the, the job that i have or whatever but it also is like it's not my passion like I wish that I wish that I could figure out and I'm still trying to see if there's a way that I can like weave my way into it slowly. But like, I'm always me and my, me and my training partner all the time. We sit there and we're like, okay. And we like the other day we went on this tangent about what if we opened a weightlifting gym and a coffee shop and I'm not going to tell you all the details. Cause if we do it, I don't want someone else to steal the idea, yeah, yeah, but yeah. we do this all the time. Like once a week we go into fantasy land where we live in a world where we're not working our quote unquote nine to five, where we both actually work like eight to eight and work weekends. And like, it, it's just, it, it's, I would gladly, I feel like I would gladly do that if I was like pouring into people, the thing that I love, but I, for whatever reason, found myself on this different path. And haven't been able to steer myself away from it because I'm, I, I am afraid of like the insecurity of the fitness industry. You know Mm. what I mean? Mm. Especially after the pandemic, I'm like, what did, what did everybody do? How did people make money? Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was rather rough if I'm completely honest. Yeah. Like if you're not seeing people, like you're not getting paid. No that's such a crazy place to be. And I just like, I felt so bad for like, I, so I go to like a Globo gym, 24 hour fitness and, and I'll do that to do like my accessory days or some of my lighter weightlifting days. I have like a weightlifting barbell there and they have bumper plates. So I, there's like a bunch of those around here. That's like a kind of a chain gym around here, but I know the the general manager, like we've, I've been going there for years. So we talk a lot and I like know all the personal trainers and all the front desk people. And I was, I was so sad when they had to shut down and a lot of gyms that are privately owned just defied it and stayed open, mm-hmm. but because they're like a corporate gym, they had to shut down. And I was like, yeah, like maybe they're getting unemployment, but like that sucks. Like, you know what I mean? Like they don't get to do their job and like, also unemployment I'm sure wasn't enough like I can't imagine it was enough the U.S. government doesn't take care of its people are you kidding me like so I don't know it was hard it was hard to like just see that and then my friends who are coaches like doing virtual classes and stuff and like you know they got they got by and that they were lucky enough to have the opportunity to do virtual classes but even like so many gyms shut down and it's sad it sucked yeah, like it posed it posed a really difficult um, thing to navigate around. Like we did the whole virtual classes, and we'd pref- prefer to provide that than nothing. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah. we completely empathize with the members when they when they turn around and be like, "I, I don't, I didn't really want to jump on simply because I don't, I don't think it's like the same." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, I don't think it's the same either." But we are getting through this together. And we would rather provide you with something and you don't take it than nothing and you wanted to take it, especially people that are locked down on their own, right? Like that's a very difficult time. 
Oh, I don't know how people did that. I, I would have, I would have loved it. Give <laughs> <laughs> me a phone. Can we extend lockdown, guys? Like, can we, you know, it's just me and comes, my cat. Comes out nine to nine months to a year later, just happier than ever. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I had a great time. What were you doing? Oh, nothing. Literally like nothing. What and- about what about that Olympian from the Philippines that what's her name? She won bronze at the Olympics this year and she was the first woman to win a medal in the Philippines. It was like a huge deal for them. Yeah. And she um literally like didn't have like because you know, a lot of these higher level athletes have their own home gyms and have all this stuff, but the Philippines had like a really super strict lockdown the way that they did everything. And like, I don't know, I don't remember the exact details, but I, my, my whole team has family ties in the Philippines. So I remember somewhat of hearing like they could have like one person in their household go out to get food or something. There was something like that. Like it was like the way that they did their rules were like, it was very strict. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so she basically trained with like a broomstick and bands for months and then came back and won a medal at the Olympics. I watched that. That was crazy. I watched that um, category and the lift. That was absolutely electric. Like, how do you do that? I think it's, um, I think it's the mental toughness and it's just the tenacity of people. Yeah. And honestly, like I was thinking about that this morning, I was like getting ready and I try to, especially when I'm in a cycle leading up to something that I have a big goal for like this, I'm competing, um, in like a month and a half. And I try to like, look at myself in the face every day and like visualize the thing that I want and like tell myself that that's what I'm going to do. Because, Hmm. you know, if you go into something and say, I'm going to try to, Hmm. instead of, I am going to, then, you know, you're already giving yourself a percentage of a chance less than whatever you were going to do before. And I feel like that's it. Like that's, she had to have done so much mental training to get to the point where she went from broomstick to gold or whatever, bronze medal. Mm. Mm. Like it was, yeah, that was nuts. It was really cool too, because I do have so many friends that have, ties to the Philippines and that they were just so proud. Like it was such a cool thing to see how like proud they were mm. to have that. Yeah, it's massive. Like and it's it's massive for the country too. And and I think it's better that it was a lady that did it too rather oh, yeah. than rather than a dude. Because you just like yep. look at this lady. Like she absolutely first of all told all the stereotypes to go fuck themselves. Yeah. And then turned around and was like, oh, you want a world pandemic? Okay, cool. Whatever. All right, throw that one out. <laughs> oh, you want me to train on yeah, my own with a sure. broomstick and some fucking resistance bands? All right, yeah, sound. Oh, like history, Down. we've never won a medal? Okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. And just rock up and just absolutely lay it on the line and just been like, well, you know what? Fuck yous. I did this. Like, that's yeah. cool. I, I think about it too. Like, I wonder, like, what because we talked a little bit about like my relationship with my coach and, and kind of the, the way that we approach um, adversity in my life outside of weightlifting and how that affects weightlifting. 
-hmm. I wonder like what these high level athletes, like what that looks like for all of them. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like with their coaches and do they have external people? Cause I know a lot of colleges provide like a sports psychologist and stuff like that. And that's cause it's such a big deal. And even like, even like athletes like Kate and I and, and Maddie Rogers, like they're coming out and talking about their own issues. And like Maddie, you know, we were so, I love Maddie Rogers. Like mm-hmm. I am such a Maddie Rogers fan. Like through all the things watching her be able to go to the Olympics. Like I cried when they announced it. Like I was so psyched for her because she really, really pushed. And she, I don't care what anybody has to say about anything in USA weightlifting. Like she is a gritty lifter and she deserved it the most out of anybody to be able to get to that spot because she has been right there for so many years and she just clawed her way out and watching her do that was beautiful. But it sucked that she's sitting there and being like, you know, I had like a panic attack in the back room and I'm like, okay, well, a, you still totaled. So fuck, I don't know how you did that. Mm-hmm. But B she got a lot of hate for saying that. And it, people were like, you're just making excuses. Like you're not mentally tough. And it's like, yeah, I'm literally telling you that I wasn't mentally tough enough to handle this moment. And that I'm, I, I'm having an issue. And like, you're sitting here hating me for it. And it's like, as far as we can, we can go with the mental health conversation, like wrapping it back to moments like that. You're like, that's why people don't talk about it. Cause everybody's a dick about it. Like yeah. the second someone that's high level that you expect to, to do well at something is like, this is why I didn't. And you're saying it's an excuse. Like, no, have you ever had a panic attack? Because I can't even breathe when I'm having a panic attack or an anxiety attack. And this girl just totaled at the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So like, I don't know. I do. I wondered like what, what her conversations with, with her coaches in the back were like, like what was Amy Everett saying to her in the back during that, you know? Mm, mm. I'd love to be on the fly on the wall, but I guess that's between coach and athlete. Right. And it's all personalized. Yeah. But like something that pisses me off is like people that complain about that shit, right. have never played competitive or high level sport. Like no. never in their fucking life. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like we're going to take it out of the, the, the spot realm of like, you know, you've got stresses in your family or your work and you relate it to them. Right. And you're like, well, what do you feel like when shit really hits the fan? They're like, oh, well, it's pretty fucked. Right. And mentally I'm kind of all over the place. I'm like, cool. Now put the fucking world's eyes on you and make you do a physical spot where you have to lift an excessive amount of load. It's yeah. going to be, a little bit worse right just 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 a tad just a tad just a little bit and they're like oh well no 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 they're athletes they should be better i was like what do you think are they fucking superhuman what just because they get a, like a pro card of like you're now a semi-pro slash pro athlete does that mean you no longer feel emotion it's like no motherfucker like in fact they feel more because they've got all day to think about it rather than like you get to go home and do whatever it's like they've it's their job to go 24 seven thinking about this thing and do six bloody lifts yeah yeah and that's like any I feel like that's like any high level athlete like when like like they're just expected it's so crazy the way that the 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 world holds athletes up on this like pedestal it's so crazy Mm. even I the other day I was, it, it's funny. Cause like when you actually talk to any of them, they're just normal and weird like us. 
And the other yeah. day I was at this like weightlifting meetup thing at a local gym, um, West coast weightlifting. And they, a bunch of different clubs came out to, to just meet up and lift heavy because the North American open two is coming up and it was their last max out. And it was such a cool event. I had such a blast there. Um, and there's a lifter there who used to be like a really big name. And she was like one of the top 75 kg weightlifters in the country when that was a weight class and I'm a 76 kilo lifter. So I was a 75 in the past and I was like a huge fan of hers. And I saw her there. And so basically she got caught, you know, doing some SARM or something like that. And I remember the meet that she, she did it at because that she got caught at because it was the first ever American open series and it was in Reno and I was there and I was in her session and I watched her snatch one kilo below the American record. And I was like, why didn't she just go up? Cause it was so easy. I was like, why did she leave that on? Why did she leave that on the line? Mm. And then later it came out that she had popped for something. And I was like, that's why she did that because she was probably trying to avoid getting tested or something. But regardless of that, I was always a huge fan of her because even still, whether or not you're taking something to, to snatch what she snatched at that time was very impressive. And she was like just a super gritty lifter, like watching her save clean some, some of these cleans that she grinded out and then would still make the jerk. And she's just like really strong. And I always really like admired her as a lifter. Mm. And she just like fell off the face of the earth after that happened. Like she told like her social media presence totally went away and stuff. And I was wicked sad to see that happen because I was like, I get it. You know, like I'd probably do the same thing, but, um, anyways, I saw her at this meetup the other day and I like, I was like, I have to go say something to her. Like I used to be such a fan of her. And I like went up and I was like, Hey, and I was like, I could see her like absorbing it. Like, what is this random girl about to say to me? And I just was like, I'm a really big fan of yours. I I said to her what I just said to you, I watched you snatch 106 at the first um, AO series. Like I was in your session and I was like, like so humbled to be near you. And she, like her face went from like, what the fuck to like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like she was like, taken aback by the fact that she had someone that was like a fan Mm. and we ended up like talking quite a bit and then she hit me up and like followed me on Instagram and hit me up after and was like we should live together and I was just like that's so crazy to me like we play this sport that you can literally lift with the people that you idolize yeah and that they're just normal they want to lift with you too she was happy to have someone that like saw what she went through and still wants her back you know what I mean it was like a normal people thing that like for years I was like I wonder what's going through her head I wonder where she is and like within like seconds of talking to her I was like she's just normal none of the things that I thought were going through her head are probably going through her head and it's funny mm-hmm. that we like put them up on this pedestal like they're supposed to feel certain things or act a certain way or be a certain thing and it's like no they're just like me and you and they just present how they feel is necessary and move on with their day <laughs> Yeah, and it's it, it's crazy, right? Because no one really cares what kilos you're lifting. It's like, oh, you're snatching and clean jerking? That's really cool. Yeah. Like, that's it. Can yeah. we do it together and, like, share some, like, marshmallows between sets? And I was just like, yeah, man. And sit down and chat shit? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. that's literally it. Oh, you're snatching the empty bar or a broomstick today? That's wicked. 
That's yeah, it looks like fun. It. It's fucking cool. And I and I try to tell like exactly what you're saying. Like I have friends who are like not weightlifters that try to get into the gym and they're like, yeah, well, I wouldn't want to go to the gym with you because you're like confident. You just walk right up and do it. And I'm like, I wasn't always though. Like you have to build that up. And first of all, second of all, nobody cares what you're doing at the gym. Nobody's looking at you at the gym. Like everyone's, unless they're cheering you, especially in like, in like a weightlifting gym, everybody's looking at you because everyone's cheering you on, but that's like a different situation. But like at at like a regular gym that you're just trying to get in there and like figure out your fitness journey. Like nobody is looking at you being like, what a weirdo. And if they are, then they're probably an asshole. And who cares? Like you, if you get in there and you're like trying to figure it out, if anything, people will recognize that and be like, damn, I wonder what she's going to look like in six months. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody's pissed that you're new in the gym or nobody's like judging you for being new in the gym. Everybody's had to be new in the gym before. And it's kind of the same thing with weightlifting where people are like, well, you're so strong. Like I couldn't do that. And I'm like, I couldn't do it when I started either. I could barely snatch the barbell. I had to start with a PVC pipe, but like, you know, now I'm throwing up almost 200 pounds and it's like, you know, like you have to, you have to keep that perspective. Mm. Mm. seeing someone snatch for the first time even if it is with a pvc like it fucking lights me up you know what i mean yeah like because to to get through like the mental fucking challenges they've had to they've had to go through to get into the gym right Mm -hmm. and then to like attend a weightlifting class and then to be like okay yeah i'm going to do this thing called weightlifting so i'm going to lift weight and then to do this thing called snatch right which throws this object above your head in like one motion they're just like no no everything inside of you just says no don't do this and you're still doing it and still throwing this thing above your head like fuck it's cool it's super cool it's so cool it's the best thing yeah 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 and then then you get a bar and they're like oh did that just happen just like, yes, it did, motherfucker. <laughs> that feeling, too, you watch on people's faces when they catch it just right and you just know right away. And then, like, oh, my favorite, like, some of my favorite, like, pictures or, like, moment, like, flash moments of weightlifting are, like, right when someone catches it correctly or right when they just had, like, the best lift of their life. And then they're dropping the bar and they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that feeling I wish I could capture it in a bottle and just like let it out every day. It's the best. It is the best feeling in the world. Yeah. Like seeing someone super passionate when they're, when they're lifting, like that's, yeah. 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 I'm usually that guy that like, especially if I'm coaching, I like throw things if I'm getting excited. And uh, (laughs) if if someone's just done a good lift, I'm usually like fucking chucking things around the place and they're like, Oh, is this guy okay? I'm like, I'm just super, super pumped right now, guys. Like, like you just fucking threw like the barbell above your head or like whatever it is. I'm just like, this is fucking cool. Don't mind me. I'm just like I, having a rave. I, I, my teammate Ryan put together, he, like I said, he's really funny. He makes wicked cool videos, but he put together like a little like mashup of reactions, like the sound, the reaction sounds that the team has as I'm lifting. Yeah. And it's like one of my favorite things. I'll go back and watch it all the time because it's like, it's such a feeling like it's such a specific feeling that you get like when you just know you caught it just right and they're like "Ooh, like you know what I mean like that sort of thing or like hey now put together yeah yeah (laughs) yes all the reactions of the times that I just smoked a lift or that he my training partner just smoked a lift and we're just like ah like 
his last weight, his, our last weightlifting meet, uh, he did the same exact one as me. And I'm holding the camera from the back. Like I'm standing in the back. Cause I obviously helped my coach in the back with him. And like, I love, I love watching that lift because he's so happy he made it, but I love what, like our reaction to each other that we just like slam into each other and like shove each other and get like wicked excited. And we're like screaming at each other. And it's like, you're adults, calm down. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but it is like, it's, it is the best feeling in the world when you like hit the lift just right. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone else is just like, it's funny because everyone is looking at you in a weightlifting gym, but everyone's looking at you because they want you to make it. Yeah, it's so true. My dad came in 2018. The first time I made the American Open finals, my dad came and that was the first time he watched me weightlift because he lives across the country. So if I'm competing locally, he's not watching. Mm. So he came, he flew out. We made a bet like years ago when I first started weightlifting that I would make it that far. And I really think he didn't think I was going to do it. So when I called him the day and I was like crying because I was so excited, I tried so hard to make it. When I called him to tell him, he was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, I did it. But, um, but he came out to watch and he was like, he's, he, in hindsight, like he was talking about this the other day. He said at the end of, um, at the beginning of the weekend, I was like, oh, this is going to suck to watch weightlifting for three days because he doesn't care about weightlifting. It's not his sport. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this is not going to be fun to watch. But he said that he was like enthralled in it by the end of the weekend because like, he's like every single person, every lift they're taking, the whole room is just on the edge of their seat, hoping they make the lift. And it's such like a energizing feeling to, Mm. to be a part of the audience while you're watching people lift. And he was like, I didn't, I didn't hate being there at all for three days. I loved watching it for all three days. And I'm like, yeah, I told you it's like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah. And like the different body types as well, right? Like you, you get someone who's in the same category, lifting the same weight, but they look completely different. Or you see like oh, a, yeah. a tiny ass lady, like just snatching double body weight. You're like, wait, hold, hold on a minute. Like that should yeah. legitimately snap you in two. And you've just thrown it above your back, uh, thrown it above your head in one motion. You're like, well, uh-huh. you just made me feel like a right bitch. And then you look at these absolute giants that come in and just pick up like insane amounts of weight, chuck it above the head and just be like, yeah, okay. I'm now going to go sit down. You're like, Oh, what just happened? Yeah, dude. It's nuts. It like, it's nuts. It's such a cool sport. I think it's, I think when I look back at like the decisions I've ever made in my life, I used to be like moving to California was probably the best decision I ever made in my life. I don't think that's true anymore joining weightlifting was the by far best decision I've ever made in my life because, and especially like, I mean, we've talked a lot about mental health over the last two days, especially because of my mental health, because it gave me a sense of community. Like I, I have met some of the best friends I've ever had in my life through weightlifting. And it gave me this thing that brings me so much confidence and joy that when I'm at like the lowest parts of myself, I always have something that like you know, ties back that, that I'm like, there is something like I have purpose, like, and I mean, I'm like, like I said, I'm a mediocre athlete, like I'm low level. It's not like I'm making a ton of money doing this or like have a huge following that I have some purpose to share with the world, but it is like, it it drives me every day. It gives me a reason to wake up in the morning. It gives me a reason to be excited about my life. And it's when, when other things like don't give me that I still have 
have weightlifting. And it's like mm. one of the best decisions I ever made in my life was to join the sport. That that fucking fires me up. I want to grab a barbell and start snatching. <laughs> Seriously. I get in my room. You know what I mean? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we'll never miss a Monday, but it's like Tuesday for you, right? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Is it the same time though? Are you on the same time? Uh, we're at um, 3.30 in the morning. You woke up at 3.30 to have this conversation? My mind is blown right now. Listen, like, I'm super fucking grateful you'd want to have a conversation with me, like I said yesterday. Like, it fucking... In fact, I've been thinking about this all day yesterday. I was, you just turned around and were like, oh, I, I, you know, I wouldn't know why you wanted to wanted to talk to me. I, I would want to talk to you. And I'm like, wait, hold on a minute. No, I've got no idea why you'd want to talk to me. You know what I mean? Like, this is... <laughs> this is still blows my mind and people still like kind of listen in. I'm like, wait, hold on a minute. People are listening to me have a conversation with someone that I never thought I'd be able to have a conversation with. Like, like, listen, like I've fucking, honestly, there's been times where I've not eaten at night. I've been cold. I've been on the gym floor mm -hmm. and I've been like, I don't, I legitimately don't know where the next fucking piece of food I'm going to get is like, and I certainly can't afford it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, that that's that's where i come from and what people right. want to have a conversation with me it's like this is fucking insane so i'm like yeah if it means i gotta get up a little bit early like who the fuck cares like this is this is cool like i absolutely love it and will be forever grateful and and i hope it provides some value for for some people and it's i had this conversation with the with the owner of the gym all the time right she's just like oh, she just gotta like calm down and i'm like mate let's fucking go you know like what, yeah. what needs to be done like let's do this let's like run through a brick wall head first and that's i don't know like it comes from necessity you know it comes from a we could say like a fucking dark place or whatever yeah okay cool but um, something for me personally is like, I'm okay. Like I'm good upstairs if I have a purpose. And if I don't have right. a purpose, I get very down very quickly. Um, yeah. And then, you know, trying to trying to get my family out this year. Like I am the first, first generation immigrant. Well, I am the immigrant, not the first generation immigrant. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that came over. So I'm like uh, still trying to figure out what's going on and trying to get people out and, and help my family and my, my close friends and you know fuck it if it means i gotta yeah. work a bit more then let's fucking do it like so what oh my god that's crazy i i just and it's like it looks bright over there so i just assumed it was like around the same i don't know what i thought i i could have looked it up and i didn't no, it, no. the time <laughs> I was time difference is crazy man time difference is crazy i I went to Australia once and I remember like on the flight over, I was like calculating the time difference. So I was trying to like sleep perfectly. So I would sleep eight hours on the flight and mm. then wake up like exactly at the time. And that, that the flight was like landing. So it was going to be like six 30 in the morning there when the flight was landing. And this chick was sitting next to me on the plane and she like went, she was like, are you going to sleep? And I was like, no. And I told her my plan and I stayed up for the first like 10 ish hours of the flight. And I was like drinking coffee. I was like drinking coffee. That's why she asked. She thought it was weird. And I was like, no, this is what I'm going to do. And I like told her exactly my plan. And I like snuck a couple of like weed gummies onto the plane so I could pass out exactly nice. at the 10 hours and some, um, some Tylenol PM. 
and I told her the whole plan and she's like, that's genius. And it like worked out perfectly, but it was such a mind fuck to wake up in Australia in the morning. Like it was crazy. Yeah. And, you're and then she up was in, in like a completely yeah. different day. Right. Yes. And she was like, she, when we woke up, she was like, this was insane. Like, I can't believe you thought of it this way. And I'm like, because you don't want to waste your whole first day in another country with like, like jet lag, but it was just such a mind fuck to just get over there and be like, it's the morning of this day that I already lived. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, I can't sleep on planes. So yeah. Like the journey over here was, was difficult put it that way uh it was like mm-hmm. 20 25 hours on a plane something like that oh um two stints yeah i went to dubai and then and then dubai to auckland um but hey it got me over here you know what i mean it's better than a boat yeah that's gnarly i traveled a lot for my last job and i've traveled a lot just all over different places of the world and it I can sleep pretty much anywhere now. I I have a hard time like sleeping at night because of my my anxiety. It like keeps me awake. Mm. But if like if I need like a quick 20 minute nap, like I can sleep in the middle of anywhere. Like if I need that because I've been like traveling a lot or whatever and I can definitely sleep on planes. Like I prefer red eyes so that I don't waste a day of my life traveling. I hate like wasting time traveling. I'd rather just like sleep through it. Mm. Well, it's like you then you're teleporting, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The best. That's why I used to like <laughs> sleeping in the car as a kid. I'll just tra- teleport yeah. to oh, the yeah. destination. You just kind of go to sleep. <laughs> None of that thing of, are we there yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's not like the UK has any like travel time. It's like, oh, I've got to be in a car for 30 minutes. God yeah. damn, it's so far away. <laughs> like, oh, is they there any point going? In, like, they haven't sat in LA traffic then, huh? No, fuck that. <laughs> like, Takes I've you been... an hour to go four miles. No, 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 no. That'd just give me road rage. I'd be like, fuck this, I'm walking. Oh, yeah, for sure. For no. sure. All right, mate. I really, really appreciate your time. Um, I hope you're not late for work. I'll figure it out. I'm in charge, so I'll be fine. <laughs> oh, shit. Make the rules, motherfuckers. <laughs> well thank you again so much this has been such an honor to be able to speak with you and like i feel like we got i had a lot of great conversation and i hope you know whoever's listening to this can glean some feeling that they're not alone or try something new or attempt to tackle their mental health in a different way yes miss totally and um if you're ever in the bottom right hand corner of the world we'll go grab a coffee and, and throw a bar yeah hell yeah Sounds good. Yeah. Make your way over here. You'll love the weather. (laughs) I'm not sure about that, but I'll make my way over here. (laughs) All right. right. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you later, Paul.